Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had, and she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first, and she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly, but when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged, finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough, Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work, which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, The Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the Word, pray the Word, study the Word, proclaim the Word, and live the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The Paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, 26. Let us begin with prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. And may I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love. Amen. This is the fifth Sunday of Easter. We will begin with the first reading from Acts 14, 21 to 27. After Paul and Barnabas had proclaimed the good news to that city and made considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch. They strengthened the spirits of the disciples and exhorted them to persevere in the faith, saying, it is necessary for us to undergo many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed elders 
for them in each church and with prayer and fasting commended them to the Lord in whom they had put their faith. Then they traveled through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. After proclaiming the word at Perga, they went down to Atalia. From there, they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now accomplished. And when they arrived, they called the church together and reported what God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. The word of the Lord. The questions. What did Paul and Barnabas proclaim in Derby? The good news. What happened there? They made a considerable number of disciples. And to where did they return? To Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. What is the good news they proclaimed? Acts 13, 32 to 34 says, God raised Jesus from the dead, as it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son, this day I have begotten you. And that he raised him from the dead, never to return to corruption. He declared in this way, I shall give you the benefits assured to David. Where does your strength come from in order to bear your share of the hardship for the gospel? And what are you not to be ashamed? 2 Timothy 1.8 says, So do not be ashamed of your testimony to our Lord, nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. What were the disciples doing when the Holy Spirit spoke to them? Acts 13, 2, fasting and praying. Personal, what can you report to your family or friends as to what God has done with you? Deacon Ken, mighty thing, he has brought me peace through his word. He has healed me. And I answer that through the study of God's word, he has put the desire in me to love like him. I fall short at times, but he is always there to convict me through his spirit and pick me back up. What happened to the Gentiles who heard the word of the gospel and believed? And how did God purify their hearts? Acts 15, 7 and 9 says, after much debate had taken place, Peter got up and said to them, My brothers, you are well aware that from early days God made his choice among you, that through my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness by granting them the Holy Spirit, just as he did us. He made no distinction between us and them, for by faith he purified their hearts. What should you pray and how should you conduct yourself towards outsiders? Colossians 4, 2-5 says, Persevere in prayer, being watchful in it in thanksgiving. 
At the same time, pray for us, too, that God may open a door to us for the word, to speak of the mystery of Christ, for which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, as I must speak, conduct yourselves wisely toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. The personal, how do you approach or talk to those outside your faith? What can you do to bring the gospel message to those around you who do not believe or know what Jesus has done for them? Deacon Ken answered that graciously and wisely. Invite them to hear what God has done for you. Share what God wants to do the same with them. Don't preach, invite. And I answer that. Ken was a good example for me. He made it a point to talk to outsiders and befriend them. Now that he is gone, I am trying to get into a conversation with people I don't know. I never would have done that before I came to know Jesus in the word and through Ken's example. But now I am doing it. The commentary. Paul tells us in today's reading that honesty and the willingness to accept afflictions was going to be a strong requirement in the new church. He told them that there was no easy way and reminded them that Jesus did not come to make life easy, but to make men great. Paul shows them that Christianity must be lived in fellowship. One of the great fathers of the church stated, no man can have God for his father unless he has the church for his mother. None of us will go to heaven alone. It will be because someone influenced us to seek Christ, know Christ, and be saved by Christ. To some people, the only Bible they will read will be you. We are called into Christian fellowship. Like a loving mother, the church teaches, preaches, and rules her children so that they will grow up and die to themselves and live for Christ by living for others. Good parents want their children to grow up, go out, and forward. The church wants the same for her children, to grow up, go out, and bring someone back to Christ. Paul tells about the problem of so many Gentiles coming into the new church. He states the friction over what a Christian is really supposed to be. Gentiles wanted to be Christians. The other side of the problem, Jews were not allowed to have anything to do with Gentiles. The church welcomed all to come into God's family as they are not as someone else thought they should be. That is what being a Christian means today. So be all that you can be and be excited in who you are. You are unique. There is no one else quite like you. Remember, all that you do and all that you say and all that you are is being brought into perfection in direct proportion to your obedience to God's holy word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John, 
13, 31 to 35. When Judas had left them, Jesus said, now is the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and God will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment, love one another. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. How do you glorify the Father? John 15, 7 and 8 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. By this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Whom did Jesus say the Father will honor or glorify? John 12, 26 says, Whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. How did Jesus glorify God on earth? John 17, 4. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Where was Jesus going? John 7, 33. Jesus says, I will be with you only a little while longer, and then I will go to the one who sent me. What did Jesus say about no greater love than this? John 15, 12 to 13 says, this is my commandment. Love one another as I love you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Why do we love? And who is the one who loves God? 1 John 4, 19 to 21. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For whoever does not love a brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. This is the commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Personal question. What do you do to show your love for God and one another? Deacon Kent said, I share my life and possessions with others, and I follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. He also said, I serve one another, love my enemies, and pray for others. And I answer that by spending time with him and others. I spend a lot of time reading God's word and talking to God about it. And I spent a lot of time with Ken being married for 53 years before he died. The last few years of his life, I was with him wherever he went. I got to know him pretty well, but nowhere as much as I am getting to know him after his death, through reading his answers in the Bread of Life Catholic Bible study. The commentary, 
when you look at the word commitment, you think of someone giving their complete all. The glory of Jesus is the glory of commitment, and that is the glory of the cross. Jesus has shown us that the greatest glory in life is the glory which comes from sacrifice. In wartime, the supreme honor and glory belongs to those who lay down their lives so that others may live. History has taught us that those who have made great sacrifices have entered into great history. Jesus Christ in his humility and obedience went to the cross for you and me, and he brought honor and glory to God. We have found through time-tested experience that obedience is the foundation of love. The most notable way a child can honor his parents is by being obedient to them. In Jesus, God glories himself in the incarnation and the cross. Jesus' love for us shows us that there is no glory like that of being loved. Let that sink in for a moment. He died for you because he loved you just as you are, not as you should be. The enthronement of Christ followed his crucifixion. The crown of thorns has changed into a crown of glory. And as scripture tells us, I cannot see, ear cannot hear, nor can man even comprehend what God has in store for those who love him. Jesus leaves us his stamp of glory, and that is we are to love others as he has loved us. We will be asked to love the unlovable, the unwashable, the unkissable, the ugly, the deformed, the sick, and the people of the land. We need only to look and see how he loved. He loved deliberately, openly, unhesitant, completely, gently, unreservedly. He chose to love because simply he is love. His glory will be in your loving others as he has loved you. Our application. In the first reading, it brought out to be a Christian in the new church meant equality for all. In the second reading, the Holy Spirit resides in you, waiting to be used to make the world a new Jerusalem. The gospel shows the glory of God lies in the incarnation and the cross. This week, let yourself be committed to making the world around you, your home, office, or school, a new Jerusalem, our holy city. By seeing in others the signs of Christ, let yourself this week love others as Christ loves you. This especially means those in your family or those around you that you find very difficult to love. Remember, commitment means sacrifice, and sacrifice means going to the cross. Your glory will be God's glory in you. You will be his glory as he sees you loving the people around you, as Jesus loves you. This will bring the new Jerusalem right into your heart. Let us close with prayer. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you so much for this lesson. Thank you for loving us and showing us how to love. As you were the example of one who was love himself, showing us how to love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your love. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.